Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast falling apart faster than the Cardinal rotation. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. And this week, we have with us a fantastic guest, host of the podcast Peace, Love, and Baseball, and co-host of the podcast Babes, Babes. Kelsey Bird is with us today. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Since you're talking about birds, yeah. I'm another bird. I'm here for you. <laughs> I, uh, I won't say that's the primary reason we wanted you on the show, um, but I would be lying if I said it didn't at least factor into the decision. That's fair. Yeah. You can't blame me. We talk about a lot of di- different birds on this show, and but we've never had anyone with the name of bird yet. So wow. breaking so- all... Maybe an even more fun fact is that I'm actually terrified of birds. <laughs> Absolutely mortified. Like what, all birds? Like hummingbirds? For the most part, yeah. If they fly, <laughs> it's worse. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is a, generally that's a that's a big part of birds is flying. I know they don't all, but <laughs> you know that's a big part of it. Well, I, I appreciate you, um, you know, really facing your fears today and and joining our podcast to talk about birds. My wow. pleasure. <laughs> and uh, besides birds this week, we are going to uh, try and dissect the mediocre last week of Cardinal baseball. We're going to talk about the upcoming series against the Mariners and the Giants, and we're going to check in on news and notes around the If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Uh, Kelsey, again, thank you so much for for joining us today. Um, I do have two small bits of business that I have to address with Ben before we really get into the show. Uh, <sighs> okay, so fine. so um, the first one last week uh, we discussed. Ben and I did a uh, a pitching challenge, uh, like a pitch speed challenge, right? Yes. And uh, though I did win the game, um, I, I <laughs> you know I felt like I could I could be better at this, having really never thrown a pitch like that in my entire life. I feel like there's some room for improvement, though. Again, yeah, I, you sucked. I, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I won the game. So, of course. Um, and so I've been uh, going in the backyard all week and, <laughs> and I've got a uh, got a baseball and I got a small backyard. And what more do you need to improve your uh, improve sure. your 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 velocity? Uh, and I'm really just telling this just to uh, give myself some shit here. And I think that you will all find this funny and I'm, I'm glad that you're here for this, Kelsey. I, uh, so I've been, I've been, you know, I've been ramping up. I start, I start with some, some slow tosses. I build up the endurance and I start throwing it as hard as I can. And I'm throwing it against my wood plank fence. So it's like a, a normal sort of privacy fence thing, you know, the vertical slats with two by fours running across, uh, horizontally. 99% 99% of the times I either hit the flat slats and the ball just drops or I hit the, like the, the, the two by four and the ball kind of comes down at me and I pretend like I'm fielding it and it's a ton of fun, right? We're all having a great time. Uh, but <laughs> yesterday I was throwing it and I somehow managed to nail the exact, like, uh, like the, the corner where the, the two by four, uh, connects with the, the plank. 
and the ball came up back at me and hit me right in the sternum and <laughs> uh and so i've been placed on the 15 day il and wow. so yeah you uh, look really bad right now i'm i that that's <laughs> the reason why that you know you yeah. look beat up uh and yeah. rough I'm glad so you're I, just, okay. I thought you were going to say you missed the fence and hit a car or a neighbor <laughs> or a child or something like that no. so that's that's better that you just hit yourself no, I, I thought hit- you were going to say that you hit it and like the wood part like snapped up and hit you. And I, if that <laughs> happened, you look great. Yeah, like uh, like a uh, uh, sideshow Bob stepping yeah. on the race. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's even dumber than that. I got. How, uh, what, what do you think your velo on that toss was? It had to be high if it came back that quick. Oh, uh, what do you uh, think? Forty six, forty seven. I gotta feel like I improved from last week. Although <laughs> the air is thinner in Denver, so you know. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't yet have a velo gun in my backyard set up, but, um, you know, I'm just saying, are you putting in the work right now, Ben? Are you ready to (laughs) challenge me for my title next week or next year? I think I could Uh, wake up hungover and crush you. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I just wanted you to know about that. Thank Um, you. I don't know why I wanted you to know that. I don't know why I do this stuff to myself, but then, you know, here, here we are. Um, and then finally, this one isn't really for you, Ben, but I am uh, I am participating in the Cardinals 5K this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, I did it for the first time last year and I'm doing it again this year. And it's a ton of fun. Uh, I get to go, you know, after I struggle through the race, I get to run a <laughs> lap or walk a lap around the, the outfield of Bush Stadium, which is a ton of fun. Uh, is, last are, year. Are there Cardinals there? Is Fred Bird there? Who's who's in attendance? <laughs> Um, a bunch Ozzie? of elderly attendants who, who make sure that you don't steal anything is, <laughs> okay. is, the, is the majority of the people that are there. Fair um, enough. you're not, uh, allowed to go in the grass, but you know, I, I've been down and touched it cause I'm a bit of a stinker. <laughs> um, and I also pretended like I was robbing a home run, which was a great hit, uh, amongst the, you know, other people that were walking around the outfield with me. So, wow. uh, I'm going to play the hits again this weekend to see yeah. if I survive the race. But, uh, Hey, if you're out there listening and you're participating as well, um, you know, let me know. I'll be there. It'd be nice to say hello. Uh, yeah. I'm tackle Nate while it. he's going up to fake rob a home run. Yeah. That'd be, um, assault him. I'd be impressed. Frankly, I wouldn't <laughs> be upset. You can win a guest spot on the show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I you will just I'm, give you money. I will Venmo uh, <laughs> you money. <laughs> I'm prepared to offer that if anybody in the in the real world tackles me or Ben, you get a guest spot on this show. <laughs> How do you think Kelsey got on? <laughs> <laughs> Just a full like a Goldberg from '90s <laughs> WWF, you know, full yeah. on. That's yeah. my style. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Kelsey, again, um, great to have you. I want to talk a little bit about your shows. Um, you have uh, peace, love, and baseball, which looks like it started back in September. Yeah, so I have to. I have to know what um, compelled you to get into the lucrative career of <laughs> uh, of baseball podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Well, it is almost as lucrative as uh, musical theater. So I started, <laughs> I started Peace, Love, and Baseball because I'm an actor and a singer, and I've always been a very audio driven person. So I got really into podcasts when I started working an at-home operations job about a year and a half ago, and I was looking for a new creative outlet for myself. Nice. So I've always loved baseball and talking about baseball in any capacity, and I have really enjoyed interacting with fans on Twitter the last couple seasons. 
But I knew I didn't want to like exclusively do a baseball podcast mm-hmm. because I just think that there are plenty of other people out there who will bring more to like that angle specifically, you guys included, than I will. So, and I also wanted to talk about baseball in a way that was maybe a little bit more digestible for like the casual fan or people who aren't yet like committed fans of the game to just spread the love of the game, you know? Um, But to also have a space to share about other things, uh, considering Mm -hmm. I do think that many of us baseball fans have a lot more in common than just baseball as well. So... Yeah, yeah, I noticed you you cover a wide range uh, on your show from like fitness and just self care, uh, which is obviously incredibly important, as well as as baseball and and Cardinal baseball. But you know, you've had your your co hosts from uh, Babes Babes on, who are Yankees fans, and while that was difficult to listen to, it was still an enjoyable <laughs> enjoyable show. So yeah, actually, my least listened to episode. Yet, and I feel bad even saying this because it's a great episode and you should listen to it, guys, <laughs> is when I had a Cubs fan on. And I'm like, wow. so, I'm Whoa. kind of disappointed, Cardinals fans. Yeah. Can I be honest? I mean, that, that's <laughs> ba- two things can be true. You can be disappointed and it can also be kind of a, of course, sort yeah, of moment. Yeah, to be expected, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that stood out to me on your show is, you know, it takes the two of us to put together this bad show. And you do a good show by yourself. Like, you know, I listened, uh, you did your episode on leadership and and the vibe check of of baseball. And I, I just, I was pretty impressed with it. And so I definitely recommend to our listeners go and check it out. Uh, I, I'm, it must be difficult right now to be so keyed in on vibes and also being a Cardinal fan right now. How are you feeling about the vibes Ooh. of uh, St. Louis Cardinals right now? Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough time. It's tough yeah. out there. And I, I look forward to diving into a little bit of that with you guys today because, you know, the the vibes are <laughs> still need to be in check here, clearly. Yeah. Like I think if there when I did that episode, it was like we had lost um six out of the last seven games. And I think if that hadn't if that wasn't the start of the season, like we wouldn't feel as badly as we do now coming out of the right. Pirates and the Diamondbacks. Like it'd still be a little like, wait, the Pirates and the Diamondbacks though? Like, okay. Yeah. But that that like losing six out of seven was really what put us in the pit of feeling like we needed that vibe check, right? Yeah, so, right. I don't know. Well, I haven't I haven't come out the other side of that yet. <laughs> the Cardinals clearly haven't, so... Well, hey, we're recording this Wednesday night. We did have the 14-run outburst today, so you know at least a little bit to uh, to go off of. But um, yeah, and your your show also came right on the heels of the uh, what we've been calling Hustlegate, uh, oh, yes. which we don't really want to relitigate at this moment. But you know, there was uh, there was definitely a lot of a lot of bad vibes going around. Um, but uh, your your babes babes show, can you tell us a little bit about what 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 you're doing with that one? Yeah, so that one is really just getting started. It's a podcast that I do, uh, as you mentioned, with two Yankees fans who are also Mm -hmm. just great fans of the game. Um, I lived in New York City for years, and I went to a lot of Yankees games. I had friends who had season tickets, and so I kind of had to get comfortable rubbing elbows with the Yankees fans Mm -hmm. then. And I also felt like it wasn't like wrong for me to be, you know, a Yankees fan fan. I don't know if I'd go as far to call myself a Yankees fan, but you know, for me to consume Yankees baseball, it was not against my cardinal religion. So if you're going to be in New York, 
you know, I would understand, you know, picking the Yankees over the Mets also. (laughs) Yes. But um, anyway, we just kind of crossed paths on baseball Twitter and we are just coming together to talk anything and everything baseball and really to highlight that women have a place in the sport, whether that is, you know, on the field as coaches or behind the mic on a baseball podcast. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love that. And uh, they both sounded delightful. Uh, so I, I haven't had a chance to listen to that show yet, but it's absolutely I'm subscribed and it's on my list. Uh, so uh, I have to ask, uh, we have a bit of a, a, a really bad running joke on this show, but you you lived in New York and I feel like I'd be doing a disservice <laughs> if I didn't ask. Uh, how often have you either said or had someone say to you, hey, I'm walking here as you were uh, walking through New York? Literally never. Wow. I think maybe the only time I actually heard anyone say that was when I've listened to your show. So, uh, well, no, nothing's going to change my world. And I'm a very so, audio-driven uh, person, Nate. So I think I'd remember. You're you're listening out for it, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to pretend like I never heard that. So I uh, sh- shouldn't <laughs> ask the question. I lost my spot on the show. <laughs> Gotta go. No, that one's on me. I shouldn't have asked. Uh, <laughs> Last time well, yeah. I was in New York, everybody was doing whippets in the street outside, and there was <laughs> it was pure chaos. It was very strange. No we one was outside of saying I'm walking here. Yeah, was, you were at, you were outside of a club at like three in the morning too. And it was, was a rock happening. and roll music concert. Nathan, <laughs> come on now. All right. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about some baseball. There is some good vibes happening, uh, despite the overwhelming negative vibes. Uh, I think, uh, Ben, you wanted to talk about the the recent Newt Bar story. I think this will be a good little... Speaking of good vibes. Exactly. Yeah. Newt Bar. It's a great yeah. transition. So so first off, Newt is back. That's great. We all love that. And he, he's playing really well, all that stuff. Uh, but Ben Fredrickson reported the other day that Lars Newt Bar bought a new car in St. Louis. And when the car was delivered to him, there was a pepper grinder inside of the car. Um, and I think that's my favorite story of the week. I was so happy to read that. <laughs> Um, whoever, whoever's out there at the, uh, the Ford dealership or wherever the hell he bought this from good on you. Good Cardinals fan. Um, but yeah, just, that just sparked joy and I love it. Yeah. Do we know what kind of car it is? No, uh, Ben, you know, typical Ben lazy reporting. He just, uh, <laughs> just that tweet. And then I just regurgitated it. So <laughs> I don't well, know. Let's make, let's make sure that was clear. You were saying it's normal for a Ben to be lazy. Not necessarily that. Yeah. As you're a, a lazy. People, you're a lazy uh, yeah. people. Especially yeah. in the baseball sphere. There are so many bends. We're all bad. There's, there's a, not a, there a lot of bends. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of bends, and none of them are good. <laughs> I don't understand why the bigger bin doesn't just simply eat the smaller bin. I might have a chance there. I think I'm probably yeah. big, bigger than Ben you Fred. Might be, but, you might yeah. be one of the bigger bins. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cardinals are in last place. Uh, not a great feeling. Although, after the win today... Is it last or is it tied for last? Uh, so the have, Cardinals are now we updated the standings. Yeah, the Cardinals are now eight and eleven. I don't think Cincinnati's game is over yet, uh, so they they could tie Cincinnati um, if Cincinnati loses, uh, and then be tied for last. So, yeah, okay, yeah. So cool. We're <laughs> yeah. we're almost we're halfway through April, and the Cardinals are in last place, uh, which is not a good feeling. But Kelsey, you mentioned something like. I do think it's it's correct that, you know, a, a 20 game period or a 19 game period of going eight and 11, if this was August uh, and we said, 
Um, you know, most of these games were against top teams in the league with the Blue Jays and and uh, the Brewers and the Braves. We'd probably be way more comfortable um, just sort of shrugging it away. Uh, the losses against the Pirates don't feel great, but the Pirates might be good this year. It's too early to tell, but they're they're playing really well. They've got some interesting young talent. Ben shaking his head no. Um, and the Diamondbacks were a sleeper pick for uh, NL wildcard going into the year. So they've got some talent on them. Um, so, yeah, we could excuse this, but obviously being the start of the year, it feels really bad. Um, but there are some interesting offensive numbers that uh, that maybe point towards how this could turn around. Uh, ben, you want to kind of run us through some of that? Yeah, let me let me blabber for a minute and then um, we can talk, I guess, uh, or, or whatever. Uh, the Cardinals are ti- OK. Well, here I just want to kind of give like a snapshot of the Cardinals offense real quick as best as I can. The Cardinals are tied for fifth in the league in team WRC plus with 112. So fifth in the league, obviously that's good. Uh, they are in the same range as the Dodgers, um, the Blue Jays and the Cubs, which is a little frustrating, but Cody Bellinger is playing really, really well right now. Um, they course. are 19th in runs scored, which is kind of weird. That puts them with the Chicago White Sox and Cleveland Guardians. They are third in baseball and hard hits, fourth in BABIP. Um, so I guess I say all that to say, like the offense is good. The results are there. Um, the runs aren't being scored. What's the deal is the question that I wrote on the outline. Um, and, and I don't know, Kelsey, if you have any thoughts on that, like it's it's what you want to see. We're just not winning games. Yeah. So my first hard and fast rule is that we don't look at the standings until Memorial Day, guys. Like, just yeah. don't. Don't do it. That's fair. That's fair. So it just you just can't let it get to you, I guess. And I quite literally, there are things, um, especially cer- certain pitching stats and like these kind of statistics that you're sharing, I think are much more telling and interesting to look at at this time in the season. What is interesting about it, though, is, is yeah, like make it make sense, right? So mm-hmm. my initial thought is that timing is everything and the timing is just a little bit off. It's like a puzzle piece that just doesn't quite fit together the way that you want it to. And I come back to that being, maybe it's that vibes piece of the puzzle, (laughs) right? But there's also like not enough consistency in it for me yet to be able to make sense of it. I think one of the things that we see uh, consistent from Ollie Marmel is inconsistency in the lineups and in a lot of the decision-making even I can't remember what the exact stat was. Maybe you guys will know um, from last season out of 162 games, there was like 140 plus different lineups or something like that. Uh, yeah, you're, so, it's definitely in that ball. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. We're, I think we're right on track to, you know, keep that up this season and not saying that there isn't some strategy that is very useful and interesting to that, but. I don't know. Overall, I think right now there's a handful of guys that maybe aren't super clear on what their role is on the team. And there's too many variables that are changing game to game to be able to pinpoint exactly what the problem is that, you know, maybe can make the necessary adjustment. And I guess I just said a lot in all of that, but that's what I got. Yeah. And that, that makes me want to ask you, like, what is your, are are you pro Ali? Are you uh, indifferent? Are you uh, uh, calling for his head? What what is your general opinion? Because I f- I feel like uh, of course it's really easy to overreact to these standings. We've played baseball for like 
one second so far. People are freaking out over this, that, and the other. What is, what is your general thought on Ali and, and how he's done over the past year and a couple weeks? Yeah, I say, I would say I'm generally pro Ali. Like I've never had anything against him. I really appreciated the way that he has been with the media uh, mm-hmm. over the course of last season. I do wonder how much his role has changed from last season to this season without specifically without Yadier Molina yeah. being, you know, such a leader mm. for them. So I think maybe last season there was a plus to bringing in someone young and not as experienced and a little bit more of a yes man, which I think is was something that he was critiqued on even before he started Yeah, <laughs> uh, when he was hired. But you know, this season, I'm sure his role just looks really different and feels very different. I think we're already seeing that in his reactions to things. And, yeah, I hadn't really thought. And Nate, I'm going to talk before you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about this, but you just kind of uh, like there is no Yachty. There is no Pujols. And right now there's no Adam Wainwright. So it's kind right. of like and, and we know that Goldschmidt is kind of like. I don't know, mysterious and like hanging off in the corners of the clubhouse and doing his <laughs> own stuff. And Arenado is seemingly so intense that like it might be, I don't think he's off putting to anybody, but his intensity, I would imagine is quite hard to match, but you kind well, of he's normally vibrating and hovering like six <laughs> inches off the ground when he's, <laughs> right. when he's not playing. So, yeah. so unapproachable to say. The yeah. Least. <laughs> he seems well, and besides all of the on the field uh, dynamic that you both are sharing it's almost an entirely new coaching staff too right Right. so like he's he's not alone he's obviously surrounded by great talent but it's a totally new environment for him one thing that really stood out to me and i don't know if he'd always done this um, but it stood out to me uh he's been there's been some turmoil around his bullpen choices uh which i don't necessarily agree with the with the um the flack he's been getting but what stood out to me is that uh, in a press conference the other day, when talking about the the decisions that were made, he used entirely we language when discussing the like mm. the the decision. We thought it was the right move to make. We you know we wanted to get it out using this guy. It was never like I'm the I'm the decision maker. I'm the decider. Yeah. Uh, you know he never did anything like that. And I don't know if maybe I I I wish. If I was a good, if I was good at this, I'd go back and look at previous uh, press conferences and see if he's always done that. But it did stick out to me that he is like, I think he's trying to create. It's kind of a standard tactic in leadership, right? Like there is no head; everyone is working together on it. Um, and I think that is interesting and can be successful. But it's not often what you see in sports, right? Where yeah. like. In sports, it's very often like it all comes down to me, you know, and and I just I thought that was interesting. And I wonder if that we language is very effective when those decisions look bad, because now you're <laughs> say now it feels like you're deflecting. Right. You're not. Right. Saying, I, I, oh, it was me. It's like, hey, don't don't get mad at me. It was, uh, you know, it was the pitching analytics guy that told me to put in Palante in that spot or or whatever it might be. Yeah, I have two thoughts on that specifically. And the first one is that to me, that like that we language in that scenario is very deflective. And that is actually what I have thought listening to him post game more often than not lately is like I'm looking for him to take more ownership and he's not. And whether or not, you know, it's as 
as a leader, it's there's a difference in taking responsibility and taking fault. You know, like I right. don't need you to say it's your fault, but it is your responsibility. And yeah. the second thing is that in the age of analytics, how many of these decisions are up to him? Yeah. And how badly do you think he probably, especially at this point, wants to just throw yeah. the table and be like, <laughs> it wasn't up to me. So yeah, really I mean, it, 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 I, you mentioned that on your show. Like, I completely agree. I don't think yeah. that it really is him alone deciding what relief pitcher goes in where it's a, it's a predefined game plan uh, that is incorporating a lot of things and he's just executing it. I mean, the, the manager at this posi- at this point is more of a like emotional leader than it is like any sort of tactical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I do get worried when, you know, there there's a sense of deflection from that emotional leader. My, my guess is like Bruce Bochy is the only manager who has any real autonomy <laughs> over his team. And that's just cause he's Bruce, Bruce Bochy. Um, but yeah, I mean to, to everything you're saying, like he had a press conference this week. I can't remember which day off the top of my head, where he was kind of talking about the luck factor and the uh, we need just need things to turn. And yeah, we're all feeling it. Um, we just need things to turn around. And I, I feel like people, I, I how to phrase this. I don't think he's wrong, um, but I don't think fans, especially lunatic Cardinals fans, uh, want to <laughs> hear the it's coming around. Don't worry. We don't need to change anything. It's just bad luck. Um, optically, it's not. I'm fine with it, but I understand why people uh, get frustrated hearing that thing. I like the Larusa approach from was it 2011? You think Yachty's not going to hit? You think Pujols isn't going to hit when he was just like yelling at the <laughs> at the press saying who like say, essentially same argument, right? Yeah, uh, but you know, the very different um, approach to delivering it. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Kelsey, you're talking about lineup changes all the time. Um, And when you couple that with what I think is another part of the problem is that like different parts of the lineup are getting hot at different times, Mm -hmm. right? So we've seen Gorman, uh, you know, be really hot. But Wilson Contreras, who's often batting right around him, has been very, very not hot until very recently. He's been hitting the ball really well. But... Arenado is slowing down. And so like there just hasn't been this sequence of guys getting hot at the right time. Right. All the puzzle pieces have to fit together at the same time. <laughs> yeah. The, like you said, Kelsey, by Memorial Day, I think we're going to continue to look at one of the better offenses in baseball. Um, and so uh, it, I think it's only going to get better from here as far as a run scoring, uh, as far as run scoring goes. Uh, the thing that I think is the problem and is the real problem. And I don't know exactly what the solution is though, is the pitching. Uh, and we, it's not like we didn't all see this coming from the entire off season, right? Uh, it is a little disappointing that it is almost immediate though, that, uh, the, the starting pitching is, is basically falling apart, which, compounds into the bullpen. And I do think the Cardinals have a good bullpen, um, but no bullpen is good when you're throwing half a game, every game. Uh, so I don't know, Kelsey, you're, you know, from your perspective, what have you seen from the the pitching so far? And, you know, what's your take on it? I mean, I think you said it, it is one of the Cardinals tend to have this pattern now of with their starting pitching. And maybe it has to do with the fact that, that is where, I mean, the, the top paid players in the game are these elite starting pitchers and they don't 
want to go out and make that choice and that's fine. But they are putting together these starting rotations that it's like, if the stars aligned and <laughs> the wind blew the right direction for 57% of the games, then maybe we'll be okay, sort of a thing. Yeah. And that's just never going to happen. Like you can't rely on that. So we're, I think we're looking at it preseason and I like you guys like to be very positive overall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking at them one by one and you're like, the potential is there. And I guess that's what they're all sitting around twiddling their thumbs in the front office doing too, you know, saying like, if everything, it, it maybe it won't be as bad as it could be. <laughs> <laughs> if, if all of these guys who have never thrown 180 innings in a game, in a season just happen to all line up this year and throw 180 innings, we're going to be elite. Yeah. Right. It's- and then if we happen to be competitive enough and it's the starting pitching is what's problematic, we'll go out and do what we always do and sign someone for half a season. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's a pattern at this point. So I can't yeah. say that I'm surprised. It is disappointing. But the other reason I'm not surprised is because there wasn't like a move that I wanted to see them make or someone that was available that I like would have liked to see them make it work with in the off season. So I guess I'm, I have less feelings about it that way because I don't feel like there was a major missed opportunity, but is there, you know, is there a deep seated problem in developing pitching clearly yeah. at this point? Yes. And, yes. you know, what are, what are we going to do about that? And when are we going to change the pattern? Because at this point it's the pattern that's leading to the same short postseason stint or just missing the postseason over and over again. Yeah. I think yeah, we're going to find out pretty soon if that pattern is continuing. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel right now. If guys like Graceffo and Jerpy and Hints, um, you know, if if they Libertor. Liberator yeah, and, and Liberator is definitely an example though they went out and acquired him, but um, you know, thinking from like a drafting perspective. Mm. But um like there's some guys that are looking more interesting than we've had in the in the uh minors for quite a while now. Um so they might be getting better at it, but we're in this little middle ground right now where it's like, cool, okay, yeah. maybe 2025. Great, you got that solved. But we have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt right now. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, hey, uh, can we can we maybe support them a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think like, that's fine. Oh sorry. oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to ramble on about Johan Oviedo. You should talk first. <laughs> I want to talk about Johan Oviedo too. <laughs> no, go, uh, I was go. just going to say that that's fine if you want to spend your money at the corners and we're none of us are mad about that here for it but yeah then you got to make sure that the pieces are in place otherwise because yeah otherwise it's just a huge missed opportunity for those two guys who still haven't won a championship yeah Yeah. oh yeah and And arenado you know he had his his first remember like second to the pujols thing last year the big story going into the playoffs was arenado finally won a division mm-hmm. it, it wasn't his first playoff game right it was but it was his first time ever winning a division so yeah the rockies yeah. have flirted with the playoffs they, in the they've past been, decade they've, they've been there um yeah. got bounced out yeah. by an archie bradley triple um yeah i think like <laughs> i forgot I about was, that i was on a work uh, trip watching that game surrounded by diamondbacks fans it was rough a relief um, pitcher triple knocking you out of the playoffs is not a good look it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like, you know, the y- Johan Oviedo's gotten some press recently cause he's had a super hot start to the season. And again, caveat, caveat, it, it could just be a little lightning in a bottle. 
Um, but it makes you wonder, um, why couldn't the Cardinals do that? And it makes me wonder, could Dusty Blake have figured that out? They're obviously changing the way that they're thinking about pitching and developing pitching and working with their guys. And Dusty Blake seems to be uh, taking a more like tailored to you approach. Uh, so like rather than force feeding Johan Oviedo, the Cardinal pitching method, um, it, it makes you wonder what would happen uh, if he was still here. And I think that we're seeing early returns on uh, Libertor, who's who's ticked up his uh, velo a little bit. It looks like a future superstar potentially in AAA right now. Um, and I, I, I guess I was going to say, and he's helping Jack Flaherty, but I don't know if that's necessarily true because I don't really know how to like describe what Jack Flaherty is doing right now. Um, but it's not horrible. <laughs> is uh. <laughs> His face after that uh, home run in in his recent game against uh, the I, like that was I think like the expression of all Cardinal fans right now uh, how pissed he looked not even yeah. pissed just like really guys yeah. this is yeah. what we're doing tonight and my best start in a few, in maybe three years and uh, now now my stat line is trash because of that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to throw some more stats out, um, I do think like we're trying to be positive about this. Um, I, I agree uh, uh, with what Kelsey said. Like, man, the Cardinals have definitely gone cheap on this year after year after year. Um, but it should be noted that the Cardinals entire pitching staff right now. So it's boo. This stat is buoyed by the good bullpen has an XFIP of three, eight, seven, three point eight, seven, which is fifth in baseball. Now, that's the expected FIP. That is not what we're living in. That is not the reality. Um, and they have a, a the second worst BABIP in baseball. Um, and really, when you kind of dive into that, I was like uh, trouncing around baseball savant and Statcast today. Uh, really, the answer of why those numbers are so bad is because they're getting they're they're hit. The bad guys are hitting the ball extremely hard, really often, and I think that this staff could get away with that if they're hitting the ball into the ground. But when they're hitting the ball into the seats, like what Andrew McCutcheon did to us the other day, um, you know, here we are uh, crying about it. Yeah. And, you know, if maybe your outfield defense isn't as good as it's been in the past few years, those hard hit balls that more often than not would turn into outs if they were line drives or or hard hit fly balls uh, are not. Some more of them are falling than they used to. And a ball falling in the outfield not great, right? So uh, there's normally the Cardinals uh, often will even outperform something like an FIP, which is trying to remove defenders from the equation because uh, the Cardinals usually have really good defenders. So they get hurt by a stat like that. Uh, here, it's maybe exposing that the defense is not as good as it has been in the past. Right. And if you're going to, I mean, the rotation is the team is built for the rotation to be these pitch to contact guys. So the defense has to be there 100% of the time, if that's going to work. I mean, really 110% of the time, right? Like you have to luck out for that to even all click. But yeah, I mean, ultimately opposing teams are stringing together hits when the Cardinals are not. And it's kind of as simple as that. (laughs) Yeah. And like, 
we we're I think we're generally happy about Wilson Contreras. Worst defense there, better bat. I think we're generally happy about Nolan Gorman. Same story there. And I think we're generally happy about Jordan Walker, but same story there. Like those are three positions that the defense has gotten worse. The offense maybe gotten a little better, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This is just maybe how the Cardinals are now. Um, maybe Jordan Walker will get better. Maybe Nolan Gorman will get better. I think we know what Wilson Contreras is. Um, the one other thing I wanted to bring up about pitching uh, before we move on, Jake Woodford, he threw nine innings today before we hopped on to record. Five innings, seven hits, one walk, one strikeout, four earned runs. Um, we were kind of talking about this as like a, a pretty important start for Jake Woodford. And Kelsey, if you were Mosellock and Ali, would you was was his start today good enough to earn him another start? Are you tapping Libertor? Are you bullpenning game next time? Are you hoping Wayno gets back? What what is your thought on Jake Woodford's spot in the rotation right now? Personally, and this might be more on vibes than anything else. <laughs> I want to give Jake one more shot, yeah. uh, but that's because I think there are too many other variables at play to point straight at him and say, like, you're you're the variable that we need to change now. So I would give him one more and maybe give some more specific goals or things, you know, a more specific outline of what we need to see X, Y, and Z to then make a decision moving forward. I get the feeling that you're like a liberator truther. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against that at all. I yeah. think the timing was really off and it was kind of weird the way that he was utilized last year. So I'd love yeah. to see him get the opportunity when it's right for him. And if that's as soon as possible, awesome. I am obviously, I love Adam Wainwright, uh, second to like my husband and my father in this world. So <laughs> yeah. I want to see him come back and, uh, win the Cy Young at age 42, but you could do it. Yeah. Realistically, I am not like, I'd rather him take his time and not put too much pressure on him where there's already a lot of pressure on him, especially with the level of competitor that we know he, that he is. So I don't know. I want to give Jake one more solid start. That's my final answer. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yes to Liberator Truther. I mean, have you seen his new velo and spin rates? Um, but, <laughs> but I agree with you definitely. Like we have felt the same about Liberator last year. Never really got a what felt like a good shot. But we also don't want to get rid of Jake Woodford already, who also has never really felt like he's gotten a good shot either. Yeah. Right. Um, my thought is, why not both? Nothing right now screams uh, more obvious to me than a six-man rotation or a seven-man rotation, an eight-man rotation. Like no one is really, <laughs> like no one is really clicking. You know, and this is why you're working on your velo in the backyard, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be the eighth starter. Ooh, <laughs> I, Mo, my phone's open. <sighs> um, uh, your my phone, phone is open. open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how they that's work. What, that's that's yeah. how humans normally talk. Uh, yep. They, uh, uh, in all seriousness, folks, the, this card, this whole rotation is injury, uh, either coming off of injuries, has injury history or ineffectiveness or histories of in, ineffectiveness. Like, I don't know why we have to view the rotation as this like single every five days you've got your five guys i mean i know some of them are paid like that but no one is really performing like that so 
Let's just cycle through the hot hands. If you have to do some piggyback starts to keep guys on their normal throwing rotations, like that's fine. Uh, four innings of Woodford and then four innings of Libertor or how about four innings of Zach Thompson to start? Uh, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of the opener in baseball, and we're even seeing that kind of die down a little bit too. But like some extended version of that where some of these starters oh, that we okay. – you know, like, yeah, you're not going to throw one inning, but you're only you're going to start the game and you're going to throw three or four. And that's like the target. Right. Like, let's just I think it's time to start experimenting a little bit more than just like sticking with exactly what we've been doing. Um, there's no sure thing at this point. I thought there was a really interesting stat um, when Merrill Kelly started the other night um, that his like the hitters batting average against him is almost double at 75 pitches or over. Mm. And I mentioned that because as you were talking about utilizing the opener or this kind of split starts, I guess that way. Yeah. I wonder the Cardinal starters make me think a number of them make me think of Merrill Kelly and they're not like completely different in their style of pitching. So I wonder if that's something that now with the pitch clock that we could see be even more common for Less, you know, less recovery time. They become more ineffective at a lower pitch count. I haven't been keeping track of that. It's quite literally just a thought that I had, so I might be totally off base. But I yeah, think, I think you're onto something. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thought because we have seen these like first inning breakdowns. So I hesitate to say it's like at a certain point that we see them fall apart because that's not necessarily consistent either. But with Woodford and Michaelis and their last couple starts that and even Montgomery like that is what happened so I don't know yeah I think that's very interesting and I I, I will like you're talking about I think we'll probably need like a whole season of data actually like, definitely know exactly what's going on but I would not be surprised if we look back and this is the worst year for starting pitchers in a long time because of I, I think there's probably physical wear down but also like the inability to do the pace around to collect yourself to, to reset mentally and all that stuff. Um, that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, you, I've also read about the, the mental element of the game that pitchers, not everybody, but a lot of pitchers would utilize their ability to control when the pitches came as like a way to control their own pace of the game and their own body and as, and their own game plan. And that's been taken away from a lot of guys. And so, um, yeah, you press a little bit more, you throw in a way that's uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ben. I think we're, it will not surprise me if, if like this rule change ultimately leads to, like a fundamental change in the use of, of pitchers. And in this, uh, uh, the series with the Diamondbacks, there was a couple of times where the game seemed to kind of speed up on the Diamondbacks reliever, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Uh, but oh, the guy yes. that throws really hard, um, Ginkle. He, he seemed visibly, visibly uh, uh, flustered by by the the, the the speed of the game and the timing of everything. And yeah. I don't know how the hell you can go get out Paul Goldschmidt or whoever when you're uh, in your own head like that and, and thinking through all that math or, or whatever's going on in their, their brains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are we, 20 games into this? I mean, I know the, the Miners did it last year, but the miners also switch pitchers a lot more already. So they're kind of mm-hmm. used to that. Right. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, 
we've got other things to talk about, but Kelsey, I'd love to hear your, your, your quick take on the rule changes. How are you feeling about it now? Uh, you know, uh, half a, half a month into the season. I'm not like terribly mad about any of them, but I totally agree with what y'all were talking about last week. The in-game experience is the biggest difference for me. Like when I'm at the game, yeah, I, I loved your idea. I can't remember which one of you said it. I loved the idea to almost have like a mini halftime at the seventh inning stretch. I, I, I know that's I'll, probably I'll very unrealistic, but Ben's idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I need. And mm-hmm. I think that I think owners would be totally into that too. So yeah, I mean, I get it overall. So I, I could argue both sides of it all day. But yeah, I think being at the game, you feel like a little bit is taken away from you. It's easier to miss stuff. And especially for those of us that go and really want to be there and be in it every moment. It's a little less enjoyable that way, but... It's it's so bizarre. Like you'll you'll run to the restroom or grab a beer or hot dog or whatever. And so much has happened. Um, Yeah. And I'm generally okay with being home at a reasonable time. I'm generally okay with the idea of like, I know this game is going to end around this time. Um, but yeah, when you go and watch it in person, it does, it, it is kind of, it's almost like letdown's not the right word. It's just not what you expect, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, so I had a kind of unique experience with this last week by having gone to, I went to, you know, we went to three games in a row. I was there week. too. Well, hold on. Which is a real, but, but for, for at least for me, it was the first experience of the new rules. I know you had gone to opening day. So you, you've been to four games in the first opening season. But I went to three games in a row and then got back. And two days later, I went to a major league soccer game. Uh, and soccer is another game that ends in about two and a half hours. The type of, of like pace that uh, I think baseball is trying to emulate. And... I enjoyed I enjoy the time of soccer and baseball felt rushed. And I don't know if that's if I'm just trying to like wrap my head around a, a just a, a fundamental change to a sport that I've always loved and has had a pretty consistently long running time uh, for my entire life. Or if there was just like a fundamental difference to the game that uh, that like works for soccer and doesn't work for baseball. I have a, a, a slight theory about it, which is that in soccer, there's just a there's, and, and other games like this, basketball, hockey, any even football that has like a timer on it that runs down. Um, there's like a total randomness to who's going to be showcased in any moment. And as a fan, you're, you're engaging in the game and you're just sort of engaging in the randomness, whereas baseball is like I want to see the heart of the order hit and I want to see my pitcher pitch and I can't go up and get a beer right now. I can't look away from the game right now because I can't reasonably predict when the people that I want to watch play are going to play. Uh, and I think that's part of what make, made it feel a little bit rushed and then like an in-game experience compared to like soccer. Maybe it's just I don't know what's happening at soccer too. So it all <laughs> appears random to me. But like there was something about it that was like, that really stood out to me is like I, I can tell this is what baseball is going for. It's like a tight yeah. two hours. Everyone's on their feet the whole time. It's a super energetic experience, um, but it just 
It's like it felt good there and it felt kind of bad at baseball. And I don't <laughs> I, I can't I can't tell what it is yet. So, you love soccer. That's that's all I heard you say is you love <laughs> soccer. You're on the outs with baseball. Boy. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I think you there's a lot footy. more going on in at baseball, like just strategy wise. And I think that's why I want it to slow down because I appreciate all of that and I want to nerd out and talk about it. Yes. before it just happens yeah. and it's over. I don't know. Well, That's And you also know, um, like baseball, it is, uh, you, you always know exactly where the action is and you know exactly when the action is going to happen. Like you don't know where what's going to happen, but you know like you have a single point to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Ball's going to be thrown. They're either going to hit it or they're not, right? Um, and, and yeah, I, it, it's just... Like you want to see every little bit of that and uh, walking away to get a beer and, it, and you miss two innings feels bad. So I don't know. Anyway, we've got a lot of other things that we want to talk about. So I think the the rule changes we'll see. I think we're, we're happy about it from a uh, product on TV, the live game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty torn on it, but um. We've got some other things we want to talk about, but before we do, we want to tell everybody uh, how they can find us online and support the show. So, Kelsey, uh, if people want to, you know, f- learn more about you, find your shows, um, interact with you online, what should people do? Well, I'm most active baseball wise on Twitter. I'm at Kbird Tweets. Bird is B U R D. So at Kbird Tweets. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at peace.love.baseball. And my podcast, Peace, Love, and Baseball, is available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And my other podcast, Babes, Babes, is available also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we're on YouTube as well. But basically, if you follow me on Twitter, you can just hit that link tree in my bio and it'll take you to all those spots. Nice. Uh, we're, we're already really bad at doing our domains. We have, we have like eight different versions of birds and talking about birds. I can't imagine if we also had a different spelling of bird <laughs> in, in, in all of ours. Uh, but yeah, everyone should go check out all of Kelsey's stuff. Um, if uh, you're done listening to Kelsey's shows and you come back to us, uh, you know, we appreciate that. Um, and if you want to support our show, we want to remind everybody that the show is supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, we're, you know, we've been doing the show for a little while now. We really enjoy doing it and we appreciate the support that we've received so far. If you want to support us financially, we, we truly appreciate it. Uh, it helps bring the show every week and helps us grow and expand the show. The cool new cover art is because of our patrons. Thanks everyone. Um, (laughs) Uh, patreon.com slash talking about birds you also get access to our private discord server it's the bird scored we're having a good time in there that's right um there's gonna be some representation from the bird scored here later in the episode no spoilers uh and it's a good time to watch the or a good way to follow the games have a a a generally positive place to experience the games uh so check it out uh, you could also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds, on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, you can email us questions, thoughts, concerns, um, jabs at Nate's love and affinity for footy uh, to TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, we are on uh, the podcast is also on Spotify. We got a TikTok. I'm doing TikToks. I sent out a TikTok <laughs> today. 
I'm great at TikTok. You People are way love too it. young and hip for me. <laughs> I, do, I do have to ask my little sister, who's 10 years my junior, how to use it sometimes. But we have a TikTok. <laughs> um, and if all of that doesn't make sense, you can find us at talkingaboutbirds.com. It'll point you to all of our various uh uh, slack or, or or various handles our slack there. yeah it'll <laughs> i almost said slack handles we're not on slack we are not um all right so we we actually have a few transactions to talk about um ben why don't you run us down these real quick yeah i'll just i'm gonna hit all of these really quick uh we already talked about it but the newt is loose lars newt i hate myself for writing that <laughs> um <laughs> God. Uh, so Lars new bar is back up in the bigs, which is great. New car, pepper grinder, everything. Uh, unfortunately, that does mean that Juan Yepes is back down at AAA. Um, the Cardinals have too many good players. Uh, Andre Pallante also moved down to AAA and is replaced with Jojo Romero. Um, and just an update, Paul DeYoung is, he had a like a good game, um, but he's rocking a 631 OPS in AAA right now. Two walks against 12 strikeouts. I only bring that up because I think a Paul DeYoung promotion is imminent. I just don't know how that's going to work out exactly. Maybe he'll be a Dodger. The Dodgers need shortstops. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But anyways, I think uh, my, my two cents, obviously great to have Newt back. Um, he's had uh, a very good start to the season, a little bit of power, great uh, eye, and uh, a great... Um, interview on Chris Rose's podcast if people listen to that. <laughs> um, and I think Jojo Romero is somebody who I can kind of dream on. I like Palante, um, but 96 from the left side is a lot of fun. So um, I, I think, you know, obviously these moves are good, uh, or, or I, I'm of the opinion that they're good. Um, how long uh, will Jojo Romero stay up? I don't really know, um, but I like him. He's He's got something. Fun name too, Jojo Romero. Lars Newport I mean, and Jojo Romero are two top tier names. Absolutely. They sound like Wes Anderson characters. <laughs> <laughs> he should make a baseball movie. I would watch that. He should make a baseball movie. Um, yeah, I, I, it'll, I, I got to feel bad for, for Yepes. Um, you know, on this show, we say Yepes. He, he's done nothing but prove that he's a major league hitter and he's just the odd man out of a of a a lot of a you know a pretty stacked outfield and dh position so i suspect he'll be back i hope you're wrong about the paul de young call up but i think we all know it's it seems like it's gonna happen yeah i agree i have no idea how that fits but I absolutely agree that it's it's going to happen. But then it's like I would be so bummed to like I guess Modder's the guy out. I guess Modder, yeah. Which I don't. I hate that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It well, just doesn't make sense. Playing, yeah, he's not even playing short that often, right? He's filling in all over the place. So right. like you, you don't. I don't know. Maybe the Cardinals will be smart. Like they definitely you know have their guys and they commit to their guys they overcommit to their guys especially if they've given them an extension um but every once in a while they they'll make the right call they'll make the smart move um and i i'm hopeful that they'll do that with with Paul DeYoung i just don't know how many more chances you can give him and it's not like he's crushing it at at triple a like it'd be a different story if he was but like you said Ben he's not so 
any there's no reasonable expectation that he'll come up and suddenly be good again at the majors when he's not at the minors. Right. I want nothing more than that for him. But of course, I just Man, don't like, think it's going to happen at this point. 2019, it would, Paul DeYoung, be the best, like, so best three of the year. How we, I like yeah. all all of Cardinal Nation would be would be pulling for that. But we've also all been hurt yeah. for so many years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, let's talk about something fun for a second. Uh, Kelsey, we haven't said it yet. You're sitting in seats from Bush Stadium, too. Oh, yes. How I fun am. is that? So fun. Yeah. Podcasting I guess, lot. Well, I was, how old was I? I guess I would have been like 13 or 14 when Bush 2 came down and they sold these seats. And so my dad had to get his hands on some. And yeah, they sat in my parents' basement for a while until they transferred to my basement where now I get to podcast in them. So <laughs> found the perfect use. Nice. Uh, not a, Is that comfortable? podcasting from the seats or does it just feel feel cool i'm sitting i actually have like my legs crossed in it right now i don't know okay. I mean, I'm, not, said- I'm not uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> it's th- us that are probably making you more uncomfortable than the seats I mean, <laughs> since you mentioned you, it but. <laughs> <laughs> you you sit on them for well now two and a half hours like they they have to be like, <laughs> right <laughs> i'm not thinking about my seat that often they are a lot That's more true. comfortable because there's no one next to me right like i'm there not you, go. you know that's a good point. Um, space. Got two all we, to myself. When, uh, so, you know, Nate came out to Denver and we went to three games in a row and the, the game that we bought extra nice tickets and sat down really close. Nate, small guy, uh, was sitting next to a very, very large man, um, who was very, very nice. Great Cardinals fan. Not, yeah, not trying to make great. fun of him or anything, but Nate had a, it was an unfortunate seating situation <laughs> for you. Um, I was tucked being, in a little bit. You were tucked in a little. You, well, you had me <laughs> on one side. I'm big enough, and then the other guy, and you were kind of sandwiched in between. But I was, I was, sl- I was slotted. Yeah. Slotted in my seat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the funniest part about the whole thing, though, is that um, we were like, we think we're going to be in the in the camera shot. We think we're going to be in the in the uh, like behind home plate camera shot. We knew it was going to be a bit of a stretch, and we were not. But you know who was. <laughs> <laughs> that guy it literally <laughs> cut off of course <laughs> yeah, yeah if you look at the camera if you look at like footage from the game if you look in the top left corner there's that guy and then uh you know yeah. like <laughs> i'm like half you know half of me would be visible if they yeah. if they pulled out just a little bit more so but yeah it was a, it was a cardinal fan uh him and his wife were great so we we talked baseball so uh but yeah you know that's the that's the uh, they they really cram those seats in there, you know. They it's all gotta part get of the experience. It's, yeah, exactly. It's part of being at the ballpark. We all hey, love it. get yourself a hot dog. All right, um, let's talk about the upcoming series. We had the, the it doesn't slow down for the Cardinals. Um, we've got another couple tough tests here. Um, first of all, going to play the Mariners, uh, which is. Um, you know, I, I think just across the board, one of everyone's favorite teams right now, right? You've got Julio, you know, one of the stars of baseball. Their their whole lineup is fun, full of young guys. Their pitching staff is great. Uh, they were one of the big stories of last year. Um, so here we go again, going to another stadium. Uh, that is going to be a interesting challenge for on both sides of the ball for uh, for the Cardinals. So I'm looking forward, like I'm I'm looking forward to the series just to watch the Mariners a little bit more. Like yeah. they are a team that I watch when the Cardinals aren't on. So I've been a little more 
you know clued in on the on the Mariners, but uh, yeah, not like I watch. Like I'll be I'll be watching all three of these games. Very excited for it. Like it's I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Because well, I, I just like looking at Julio Rodriguez because he's a beautiful human being that we're all graced to share this earth with. Um, <laughs> but if, if I would say if there's been like if the Cardinals have kind of been the disappointment in the National League as far as a team that you think would uh, be excelling right out of the gates, the Mariners are kind of in the same bucket. Uh, they're yeah. under 500 right now. Um, they're they are getting, also eight and 11. We have the exact same record right now. They're also eight and 11. Um, their pitching is suspect, although I'd take theirs over ours. Um, yeah. And, and they're yes. getting production from their offense. It's just not all coming together. I think that this, it's going to be a battle of the underachievers and it would be a great time for the Colonels to kind of like get their stuff in gear. Um, but yeah, I guess like from a viewership point of view, obviously I'm excited to watch uh, what Julio's doing. Jared Kelnick is having like the hottest start of anyone right now, which is kind of a fun story. And Colton, we get to watch our buddy Colton Wong again, which yeah, I love Colton Wong. So I'm really looking forward to the series. You know, I wonder what the, so, you know, I, I know, you know, knowing that the the Mariners have had a slow start, like going into that series, I'm still like everything I said is how I feel like it's going to be a tough, tough series. They're a really, really good team. Um, I wonder if that's what the perception of the Cardinals is from other teams right now, or is it more like jump on this team that's struggling? I don't know. Um, so after that, we have three games in San Francisco against the Giants. Um, another team that, uh, isn't necessarily the best team in the league, but I feel like every time we go to, uh, AT&T party, it's just like embarrassing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping it'll go a little bit better. The giants, uh, do a lot of things that the Cardinals do, which is just like you get beat by a bunch of guys you've never heard of. And they suddenly win 108 games with a team of guys that you've never heard of. Uh, so I, I, I don't even, I don't know, Ben, if you want to break down maybe some of the, some of the things to look for in this series, or if Kelsey, you have an, a, a strong opinion on the giants, but I just always dread going to play, uh, the giants in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point, their current war leaders, according to baseball reference are Tyro Estrada and JD Davis. Who? Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, not household names. That being said, this team is not starting off very well. Um, I do believe in Giants Devil Magic. They're they they're cooking something up there that is um, curious, and, and I agree. Um, but they're I'm, the Cardinals should win this series. I said the same thing about the Pirates series. They should go in there and win. Um, I think a West Coast trip for the Cardinals right now is probably the worst thing that we could ask for. The Dodgers series <laughs> yeah. follows this. Um, but this should be a light spot in the Cardinals' extremely rough start. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're such a weird team. Their best pitcher right now is Taylor Rogers, who throws 80 miles per, na- per hour and almost scrapes his <laughs> knuckles on the ground um, every time he pitches. Lamont Wade... Seems to be coming back a little bit. Michael Conforto uh, has a shoulder. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm. (laughs) This team is weird. Wilmer Flores is their first baseman. He was supposed to be a shortstop for the Mets. That's how I remember him. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, it's uh, it's a confusing team, um, and somehow, you know, some guy we don't know about is going to hit three home runs in a single game. Uh, J.D. Davis at one point was pretty well regarded for the Mets, and then yeah, like a decade out. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they do. It is all right. Um, yeah, I can't I, personally like. I just want to say that I am focusing more on what the Cardinals are doing as a team and what adjustments they need to make, and hoping they get locked in rather than analyzing who they play at this point. Because if the start of the season is any indicator, like it, it just doesn't hasn't seemed to matter so it, far, right? <laughs> yeah, and the Cardinals aren't. Yeah, if they were firing all on all cylinders and getting beat by teams like Toronto, you'd be like, "Okay, good job, boys." But when you're getting when you're having hard fought four game series with the Pittsburgh Pirates, yeah, <laughs> you're beating yourselves. Yeah, it's it's I, I yeah agreed. Andrew McCutcheon, comeback player of the year. I love Andrew McCutcheon. I yeah, I do too. Yeah, me too. We all love Andrew McCutcheon. Beautiful ballpark too. I'm also really looking forward to seeing, uh, I think Luis Castillo is going for the Mariners on the Saturday game. Mm. And I mean, like, I love to see the good pitchers, even if I know that you know it's going to make it tough for us because that's just yeah. the type of game that I like to watch. So I'm excited to see him. In a Mariner it's uniform. so funny. He he puts on a, a Mariner. Uh, when he was a red, I was like, I hate this guy. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. wear his hat the right way. I <laughs> picking all this stuff. And then he's in a, in a Mariner's uniform. I was like, oh, he's kind of charming. I kind of like this guy. He's got a great fastball. Let's, I like him. So, listeners, you won't see this. Maybe we can turn this into a TikTok. When, uh, when Ben said he didn't wear his hat the right way, he briefly aged 70 years. Uh, <laughs> For for one sentence, it's <laughs> remarkable. He came and he came right back. He, you know, it was pretty remarkable. It's just I just like hating on the Reds, and I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> take the low hanging fruit. Uh, yeah, I hate I hate the Reds as a team. I hate them worse as an organization because of the way that they've conducted themselves for the past three years. So, yeah, uh, pro Luis Castillo down Reds is, is my TikTok. You that wear day. your hat. Yeah. <laughs> you hated that you just said that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right. We're getting close to the end here. Um, we're going to uh, wrap up the, the main portion of the episode, uh, checking in on some news from around the league. Uh, I'll give it right back to Ben. What do you got for us? Yeah. Uh, apparently it's extension week for um, pitchers. So, uh, the Twins and right-hander Pablo Lopez close on a four-year, $73.5 million contract extension. Um, we've we've lusted and, and talked about Pablo Lopez quite a bit on this podcast. I think that's a great deal. Um, good job, Twins. Smart move. Um, wish he was a yeah. Cardinal. Um, so, Kelsey, you said earlier that there was no real off-season like pitching acquisition that you were that you felt really strongly about, and I generally agreed with you. Like we, but there were two guys that we like we both were like, go and get this guy, yeah. and uh, one of them was Rodon, and we'll see if yeah. that you know well, that immediately looked bad as looking bad, but we'll see. Yeah. But the other one was Pablo Lopez. It's like ah, come on, he's the perfect Cardinal, and then, yeah, I would not have been mad about that at all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel particularly yeah. strongly about it. But yes, then I I totally agree. If there was a fit, it was him. 
Well, in hindsight, makes this a lot easier, of course, right? He's having a, a, a stellar start. And he gets this extension. So easy to, you know, call it out when when it breaks exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, yeah, good for the twins. I mean, I like the twins, you know, and uh, it's good to see teams like that lock up guys like this. Mid- Midwest uh, pride and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Giants signed Logan Webb uh, to an extension for a five year, $90 million deal. I like Lo- Logan Webb. I think this is kind of a lot of money. Um, I'm, but good for him for securing the bag and the giants have money to spend. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's been good for a couple years now and it has felt a little smoke and mirrors, but he keeps getting it done. So, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to say, I hope it doesn't keep going cause you know, good for him, <laughs> but I also don't want the giants to be good. So I, I don't know, the, but the, uh, yeah, get the bag. Only thing I think about when I think about Logan Webb is that he looks so much like Jesse Plemons that I can't <laughs> get it out of my mind. Like that's the guy that's from like, Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner. I think looks just like Trey Parker uh, from from South Park, huh. but like a super buff Trey Parker, and I can never get that out of my head. Um, I think <laughs> you're insane. I do no, not. No, it looks like yeah, he does. Don't worry about it. He does. Uh, what else? What else he got? Yeah, I'll move on. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just giving Cincinnati a bunch of shit for being a bad organization. And then they go out and pay Hunter Green, who is like, talk about talk about like fun guys to watch. He might be top yeah. of the list or near the top of the list. Uh, Hunter Green gets a six-year, $53 million extension. So he'll be in Cincinnati for a while. He His, his story is great. He's great. I mean, 100 mile an hour fastball all day. Um, yeah, I like him. Good for them. Uh, good for Reds fans. At least they have something to kind of uh, cheer cheer about, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, we were talking before we started recording about, you know, going, which ballpark can I get to when the Angels are there to see Otani? Like, I think he could be one of those guys for that organization that people specifically are like, I want to go watch Hunter Green. Yeah, when Hunter's pitching, I'm I'm buying the ticket. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Um, yeah, and there's just something about the big, strong guy throwing heat all day. Um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, all yeah. right, moving Pick on. Me in ML- my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that they should be calling you up. Let us know when tickets go on sale for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be first in line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll buy a flight uh, just to watch that. Um, MLB (laughs) is uh, beginning to experiment in the Atlantic League uh, with a designated pinch runner this year. Um, I will editorialize first. This this might be the worst thing I've ever heard. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it more than I hate the zombie runner. Um, Really? (laughs) Oh my God, do I hate it. Like, so, you know, the idea of this is that essentially what you could do is Nelson Cruz could go hit um, and he could be designated to run every time he comes up to hit. So he never has to run. And uh, like you, you have you can pull okay. the lever of the pinch runner and then that removes the base with the player. out. It, it, oh, God, I got to calm down. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't like this rule. I think it's. Well, I'll let you guys talk. Uh, Kelsey, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that idea? I mean, my immediate old curmudgeon views are, yeah, I absolutely hate it. I mean, I absolutely <laughs> hated the universal DH at first, too, like the idea of it. Yeah. And, of course, I completely changed my tune on that because Albert Pujols. But, yeah, this is – again, it's 
it's taking a, a, a part of the strategy of the game away. And I want to see athletes be well-rounded athletes to a certain extent, you know, and that it's yeah. part of the game. It's part of the strategy of the game. And it's, it's a piece. I don't know. It, you don't get to switch out your chess piece, you know, because yes, because uh, they're old and fat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, part of a player's value is in the well-roundedness of the player. So I would like it to stay that way to, you know, the extent at which it is now. Now, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't uh, fully comprehended what the rule presentation or what the rule, like, proposal was. Uh, so I'll just say I agree. That sounds stupid. <laughs> uh, I Now, I, I the zombie runner... Or the ghost runner. I don't know. It's all too spooky for Zom- me anyway. It's, but don't the, say ghost uh, runner means something completely. That's when I know, we were. I know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I know when we were kids okay. and you only had five to play. So yes. yeah. Um, Thank you. Okay. Zombie runner. Um, is it because they came back from the dead? I don't know. It's all yes. Too yes. He me. got out. Yeah. So now he is there. And he's I'll also like a ghost. Me. A ghost is, oh. you know, ghost, ghost like can't pick something up. I'm into that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't like the ghost slash zombie runner either yeah. so yeah it's bad it, that is a, the only rule that it, it's my second least favorite rule to the seven inning double header which they fortunately mm. got rid of yeah. that was my least favorite after that is zombie runner um and then i would say right after that would be uh pinch or dh runner designated i can't remember pinch exactly runner. a designated pinch runner i can't remember the specifics of it but i was reading about it as well and i think it's the way that they're testing it out, right? It can only someone can only be pinch run for once in a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't yeah. remember. There's definitely oh, uh, like some very specific parameters around it that also. There are weird caveats too. Oh, oh. The only thing that I remember is that if you get pinch ran for that, doesn't you can still you can hit again, um, right? But. <laughs> great preparation by me. Um, right. <laughs> but I'm not sure how the, yeah, how the pinch runner can then be utilized again well, or not. Yeah. I don't think there's enough information out yet because I had been looking into this too. And yeah, everything that you were explaining to me was different than how I had been perceiving it already. So I think a lot of these like in game mechanics have not been shared with us well, yet. Yeah. I think we changed the pickoffs. We made the bases bigger. Like let's leave it at that for a while. Because yeah, that's going to pick up speed uh, and pick up agree. action on the bases as it is. 100%. I, I'm all for experimentation. It does feel a little fast. Let us let us settle. You know, now they are doing it like in, you know, a, a very specific sub league. So it's not like like this is about as far away from the majors as you can get while still being in in professional baseball. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it's coming next year, but it does feel like really already. We just had some like fundamental changes to baseball come through like Don't do we they know build- the average age of the baseball fan like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not ready for this we're not <laughs> seriously i'm still trying to figure out my youtubes <laughs> wow um <laughs> all right um my final piece of news this this is important this is something that is near and dear to my household's heart uh we are um, very big Dinger fans in this house. Uh, Dinger, of course, being the mascot of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, and I will also say this um, incident or tragedy or uh, uh, whatever you want to call it happened at a game that you and I were at, Nate, um, mm. on Monday of last week, a fan, a quote unquote fan 
uh, was sitting behind the Colorado Rockies dugout. Dinger gets on top of the dugout to do his seventh inning stretch celebration where he does his head spin and he, you know, throws candy and stuff into the fans. And a local Denver man got up and tackled Dinger um, to the ground. And then this happened and we were we didn't see it. I so. (laughs) I, 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 there was a commotion that was happening, um, during okay. the game. It was kind of hard this to see. This is at the same time I tackled you and won my spot on the show. So <laughs> yeah. it's probably why you missed it. Two separate that's, events. That's what, it, <laughs> that's what it was. You're right. Yep. He assaulted friend of the pod, Dinger, um, who is a dinosaur <laughs> that is living amongst people and his life is gone up. Triceratops. Purple triceratops. Yep. And, uh, so that man, he fled the scene, left the game with Modelo in hand, Thank goodness uh, earlier this week, he decided to do the right thing and turn himself into the Denver Police Department, where he is facing multiple charges um, that won't result in jail time or anything like that. But he's going to get fined and likely uh, never to return to Coors Field again. So I'm just glad that justice has been brought. (sighs) Uh, I I can't believe somebody would treat, like I said, front of the pod dinger that way. Um, And and I'm just glad, you know, dingers back out there. Uh, uh, Everything's okay. But uh, again, this this criminal um, has been brought down finally by himself. Wow. I can't believe he turned himself in. Yeah, that's... I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he got away with it. You know, if you get out of the stadium, I don't think they're tracking you down. You right. Know? There's a man. He'd, just, he'd, he'd been awake for 48 hours. Just like <laughs> waiting for the police gonna, to come knock I on can't his door. Look yeah. like this anymore. He's he's like. Uh, Walter White in his like crawl space in his house and breaking bad, you know, uh, just, I don't think you guys are treating this with the, with the (laughs) the seriousness that, um, (laughs) is required. I mean, I'm not saying that like Angel Hernandez is anywhere near as beloved as Dinger, but (laughs) I am recalling that you guys were harassing one Angel Hernandez (laughs) At the okay. same that's game. That's right. That's that, right. That's <laughs> we we paid for this. When I was listening to you talk about that and how there was like an overzealous security guard who wanted to make sure uh, that you were kept under wraps for that, yeah. it made me think about the time that I was almost escorted out of a city field uh, in my early 20s. <laughs> I was there for a Cardinals-Mets game when I was living in New nice. York. And Michael Waka was pitching and it was super windy. And I don't know, it's like the third or fourth inning and I'm probably at least three or four beers deep. And Michael Wonka's hat blew off his head because it was so windy. And That's I just, merch right there. I just get up and yell like, oh my God, it's so windy, his hat blew off. Hey, Wonka, take off your pants. And like the security <laughs> guard acted like I was taking off my pants. Like they were so <laughs> offended <laughs> that I was pining over Michael Wonka <laughs> in the bleachers at City Field. So I that was the only time I can really uh, relate, but... I was yelling that at Tyler O'Neill when he was at bat too, and they didn't have any. Uh, <laughs> they you. didn't have a single problem with that. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just that's, you um, doing your part for all of us here at home. I'm just, you know, I yeah. I think uh, uh, Mary he paints those uh, pants on. My wife uh, coined the nickname Tyler Tight Pants, which <laughs> ooh, I like it. I'm here yes. for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. t- t- get get them tighter, Tyler and Michael Waka. While we're talking about that, <laughs> yeah. All these hunks walking get around. Off, the tighter they are, though. So <laughs> yeah. it depends on what depends on the priorities here. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious that they got mad at you about that. Like, where? What for a weird a good line. Time. Right. Yeah, hey, yeah. I paid for this. <laughs> for specifically this. 
I didn't feel like there was a lot of children around. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you're on. the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, come on. You're saying what we're all thinking. Exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up uh, with a little game. So, uh, Kelsey, uh, you've listened to the show a little bit. We end every episode with a dumb game. Last week, we did our little draft. Uh, this one, though, I'm actually happy to introduce a brand new game. I've even got a little song for it. Wow. This game is called Talking About Words. Ooh. Oh, no. I'm going to be really bad at this. Words. 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 It'll fade out in a second. No, that's good. <laughs> so uh, feel ready now. Longtime listeners will know that that was our original theme song uh, to this show, with me just overdubbing the word words over the word birds. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, shout out to Chris, our our sound guy. Uh, Kelsey, you have a your song. Your show has a a, a bit of a bop for your opening song oh, too. Yeah. Uh, so very nice. Um, all right. So uh, the way this game is going to work is i've got uh i've got an article here uh that was shared with me by a patron and friend of the show steven uh that is called uh from ace to yacker a glossary of baseball slang oh god (laughs) Now, I want to say the genesis mm. of this game actually is a combination of two recommendations from patrons. So shout out to patron Famous Mortimer, Famous Mortimer for the suggestion of the name of this game. Now, they suggested that uh, talking about words be me make Ben spell things on the podcast, uh, which is the only thing, it, it, the only people that that'd be more excruciating for than Ben is all of our listeners. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going with the suggestion for the game. Although I do, like, I, I love it. I'm going to tell uh, you right now, but, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, it, it would not be good for anyone. No, um, but the name is great. Talking about words, and then we got the, I got the slang suggestion from Steven. So kind of mashed them together. So shout out to the to the patrons and the bird scored. Uh, so here's how this game is going to work. I'm going to say a, a piece of baseball slang from this article. And I'm going to read a little bit more about the article before we get started. Uh, and then I'm going to give you four options. One of them is what the actual slang is. And then the other three is just shit I made up. <laughs> uh, okay. And you have to tell me which one is real. And we're just going to go back and forth. Okay. Um, <laughs> So here's the uh, here's the article is written in by in 2019 by Anthony Castrovince uh, for MLB.com. Baseball has its own rhythm, its own rules, its own specific appeal to our senses and sensibilities, and with all of that comes its own language, its own grand and goofy glossary of phrases that, for the unindoctrinated, might sound like total gibberish. So. I went through and tried to find like the most ridiculous slang and uh, we'll see how you all do. So Kelsey, you are our guest. You are going to go first. I'm so scared. Uh, I will keep track. (laughs) Don't worry. There are no winners in these games, Uh, (laughs) but but I will be keeping score. Um, So 
some of these you might know. I didn't really know most of these, although I feel like I'd heard some of them. Okay, I know that makes me feel better already. That if you hadn't heard them, then no, you will excuse me I, if I have not either. <laughs> the, the article it was like thirty of them, and some of it was super obvious stuff, like heater, you know, or like moonshot and stuff like that, you know, which does make sense if you if you have never watched baseball, that would actually be kind of useful. But some of these I, I like I've never heard. So, here we go. <laughs> and that is what I prioritized in this in this little game. Uh okay. So, uh number 1, Baltimore chop. So, is a Baltimore chop when a player tries to knock the ball out of a defender's glove? When a ball bounces off the ground and hits a defender in the face, is it a ground ball that hits in front of or off of home plate and then hops over the infielder's head? Or is it an exclusive pork chop sandwich sold only at Camden <laughs> Yards? Can so I can I hear the second and the third one again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically it's, uh, so the, the second and the third were uh, when a, Ball bounces off the ground and hits a defender in the face, or when a ground ball hits uh, in front of or off of home plate and hops over the infielder's head. I want to pick that one because I feel like I've heard that called something before. I don't know what it was called, so I'm going to pick C. Okay, uh, I failed to introduce, but it's that probably whenever, D. When you get. <laughs> When you get one uh, incorrect, you will hear this sound. Oh, brutal. And when you get one right, you're going to hear this five-second clip from Naughty by Nature's 1995 hit, Slang Bang. Slang Bang, bang. Slang bang. <laughs> so which one do and I get? Chelsea, for this one. Slang bang. What? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> on a roll. Let's go. All right. Kelsey. Kelsey is on a the board. Baltimore chop is when it a Baltimore hits chop. the base of home plate and goes over the infielder's head. And goes over the infielder's head. I could not believe that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I should have picked Ben to go for this one because it in, a pork chop was a potential answer. And I know Ben like wouldn't have been able to avoid that, yeah. Right. I mean, that that's answer. what I wanted to pick, but I also knew that's <laughs> yeah. not like specific to all of baseball. So I didn't, I, you know, I could rule yeah. it out. No. Context clues. All right, Ben, you are up. A banjo hitter. Oh, damn. A banjo hitter. Is it someone who notches a lot of bloop hits without hard contact? A hitter who doesn't wear batting gloves? A hitter whose walk-up song is bluegrass, <laughs> or a hitter who is a big bear that is often accompanied by a small bird named Kazooie. <laughs> um, okay, man. I so I have absolutely. I, I had heard Baltimore Chop before. I've never heard this before. Um, I think you made it up. I'm going <laughs> to say it's a a player who gets a lot of blue pits because you're, 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 you're picking, you know, it's all little micro movements that you're picking on a banjo. I don't know. That's okay. my thought. I like that. Give me Check naughty by nature. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> wow. I like that. 
I might just start using Slang Bang uh, as like all of our victory songs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Kelsey. I, so when I put this together, I did not know that you had spent so much time in New York. Uh, I knew you'd spent some time there, but not this much time. A Bronx cheer. Bronx cheer. Okay. Mm. Is a Bronx cheer when the crowd throws trash on the field? <laughs> When a crowd member is ejected from the game, when a crowd member is too drunk to talk, or when the crowd boos. Oh, I don't actually know from all my time spent in New York. I hope my Babes Babes co-hosts aren't listening because I'm sure they know. Hmm. You know, okay, so I'm I'm deciding between the choice A or choice D. Okay. I feel like I want to pick D because while I do think that's somewhat tasteless, it's not nearly as tasteless as throwing trash on the field, right? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with D. Throws. Uh, is it when, when the when the crowd boos? You're not just playing this for fun now, are you? I really got it right. Uh, why can't both be true? Um, yes, that was correct. And wow. I'm playing it because it's fun. All right. Uh, ben. Yes. Pressure's on. I know. I, I'm like, I'm always with these ones that I make up half of it. I'm like, am I just bad at making realistic uh, older alternatives up? I mean, obviously some of our jokes or are you all just really good? I guess we'll find out. We're very uh, smart. Ben. A rhubarb. <laughs> okay. Damn it. <laughs> Is it getting thrown out at third in a rundown? Is it a baseball? Is it a fight? Or is it a fantastic hot dog topping? <laughs> huh. So, so what was a again getting thrown out at third so, the only rhubarb <laughs> so the only reason i'm thinking that is because like you, it's base running there the pickle exists i'm thinking of like vegetables and fruits being i, I, I don't mm. I actually i don't even know what i was trying to rationalize um this doesn't make any sense to me uh, I like a rhubarb pie. Um, I'm going to go with a because. You are selecting getting thrown out at third in a pickle. Yes. Yeah. Damn it. Oh. What was the it answer? What's a rhubarb? A fight, apparently. What? A, fi a fight or scuffle, apparently. Wow. I'm going to use that now. I didn't. I've never. Okay. I'm adding that to my vocabulary. There's a real rhubarb on the field. Yeah. Hey, Pete Alonzo and Stubby Clap having a classic rhubarb. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that's great. Okay. I mean, I hate that I lost that uh, yeah. point, but uh, that's a great thing to know. All right. Kelsey's in the lead. Two to one. Damn it. Uh, maybe insurmountable. All right. Uh, Kelsey, a punch and Judy hitter. <laughs> is this <laughs> all right uh a hitter with nope 
I know. <laughs> Where did these come from? And they're like alongside stuff like uh, in the black, as if you're going to hear like, oh, yeah, there's a real punch and Judy hitter up there. <laughs> like, like I don't know. All right. Um, a punch and Judy hitter. Is it a hitter with no power? A hitter batting over 300? Is it a hitter with an ant named Judy? Or is it a hitter who drinks fruit punch flavored Gatorade? Okay. Well, I feel like you already made this one a little easier for me because it's clearly one of the first two. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I hate that this is how I'm going to rationalize it, but I feel like the Judy, the female comparison means no power. So I'm Mm. going with A, no power if you're a... It's <laughs> I hate your rationalization, but it's gonna, probably right. Yeah, I'm going to rename that. Yeah, I'll we let got you know some what I come bang. up with. Punching Kevin. Some, yep. <laughs> it's, but, Kevin it, but here's the... Th- okay, so... if it, And maybe I haven't been enunciating it pr- correctly, because it's not punching Judy. It's punch and Judy hitter. A punch so it, and Judy hitter. A punch... And Judy hitter yeah. is a hitter with no power. Yeah. Huh. When, when you say somebody's punching the baseball, only one thing comes to mind, and that's somebody punching. Yeah, yeah that makes no sense. But hmm. uh, I have an aunt named Judy. That's where that one came from. <laughs> All right. I was just thinking, I don't know anyone named Judy, so tell her I said Yeah. That. <laughs> I'll call her right after we get done with this. All right. Um, All right. Ben. Redemption. Snowman. Okay. Snowman scored eight innings or scored eight in an inning. Someone who ran a figure eight in the outfield trying to track down a fly ball. Someone who melted under the pressure of a moment (laughs) or a player eating a carrot in the dugout. (laughs) I, uh, I, I think it's when you put up eight in an inning because it kind of looks like a cute snowman. So say, is that A? I'll go with whatever the snowman, or uh, they're all snowman answers. Whatever the eight answer is. <laughs> Bold strategy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard that one before. Yeah. It was hard to make up fake ones for that because it, it's the most obvious is that it just looks like a, a, a snowman. Thanks, but, Nate. Um, yeah, so uh, three to two. I've only got two left. No. So, okay. uh, all right. See what you got, Kelsey. This, Kelsey, you, you I, I kind of sorted them randomly, and I didn't know who was going to get what. Um, you did get one of the easier ones with my dumb shit answers, but this one maybe makes the least sense out of all of it. Oh, all great. Right. Um, <laughs> the slang is... Tools of ignorance. Tools of ignorance. So when someone says tools of ignorance, do they mean those donut weights you put on a bat? Broadcast equipment? A hot dog with ketchup on it? Or catcher's equipment? Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I know. Man. 
Mm. Would you like them again? You know, no, I think I'm just going to go I'm going to go with A because if there is another term for that, I have no idea what it would be for like the the weights that you put on the bat. Mhm. I don't know. Just going to So 3 for 4. Ben, Ben rejoices. Ah, um, okay. I, maybe we can figure this out as a group. So this is slang for catcher's oh, equipment. That was going to be my other guess, but I was like, surely I would have heard yeah. that before, right? But Tools of ignorance. So, Ben, you, you feel like you're not in your head like this makes sense to you. It does make sense to me. This was talked about at the Baseball Hall of Fame, which I highly recommend you go to, But if you haven't been. Um, but... Essentially, the thought process is like back in the day, catchers only caught like 200 games before they got like injured out of the sport. Um, So it kind of became a colloquialism for that because how often catchers would get so injured that they could not play anymore. Um, So they became the tools of ignorance, basically saying that only idiots would go back there and and put this equipment on. Uh, Wow. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that it lined up on uh, Kelsey. I know. I wish I, I know. The <laughs> yeah. one I'm going to get, I'm going to have no idea. <laughs> that All was right. a good one, though. Yeah. The last one. A yacker. Damn it. Okay. Is a yacker a curveball? A player who talks too much on the field? <laughs> Someone throwing up in the stands? <laughs> or an umpire? Or an umpire. Hmm. Okay, so I was pretty convinced it was B until you said an umpire. Obviously, this is some old-timey nonsense. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna say B, somebody who talks too much. Or whatever you said B was. Damn it, come on. <laughs> that would have been my last choice. Come on, Ben. <laughs> Damn it. What was it? It's a curveball. What? Really? I know. I know. I'd never heard that either. Uncle Charlie was on the list. Yeah. Which we all would have which oh, yeah. we all would have known. Yeah, yeah. You know. Damn it. But uh, yeah. He, he threw a, a real yakka at the tools of ignorance back there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So now uh, next episode, the challenge is how often you can use these terms. That's a great yes. point. I, I definitely intend to incorporate some of these into my just day-to-day language. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, there's a real rhubarb out in right field right now. Um, but but let us not um, uh, bury the lead here. Kelsey, congratulations. You've won the inaugural uh, very good, very uh, edition good. of Talking About Words. Let's hear that song one more time. Now that I like that. That's good. I think Every- this means Ben has to send me his Bush Stadium two seats, now, right? Is that that's the prize? We did. We did wager that um, <laughs> off mic. Ben didn't. Yeah, off mic. Uh, well, good game. Um, I feel bad. So I hope you. I hope you feel good that I feel bad. <laughs> that was a good game. Good There's so bad. many baseball terms. And we feel like we know them all and we speak our own little language amongst ourselves. But yeah. there's ones even we don't know. Yeah. Just- yeah, the article was good. I mean, again, there was like 40 of them. But those were like the eight most <laughs> like most ridiculous ones that I didn't know um, at all. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, uh, even longer than we normally go. But, Kelsey, thank you so much for being here with us this week. This was uh, 
quite a blast to have you. Um, listeners, please check out our shows. Peace, love, and baseball. Babes, babes, wonderful uh, additions to your podcast diet. Check them out. Um, Kelsey, thank you for being here. Uh, we'll be back next week, as always, with another episode. Hopefully after a better series against the Mariners. We're all crossing our fingers uh, and a better series against the Giants. Um, so with that, again, thanks, everyone. Check out the Patreon. And until next week, go Cardinals. Thank you. Bye.